I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Redirecting to Facebook Live, I see my thing working. It's delayed on my part, but now I see it. Yes, we are here. Okay, hello everyone. Welcome to the second rendition of A Pod of Their Own Live. This is episode 48 of A Pod of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig. Yes, episode 48, the Jacob deGrom episode. We have made it, folks. We're here. Uh, (laughs) Which means that that we're going to do our job, but somebody else is just going to ruin it after we get told. (laughs) Yeah, so true. Who's gonna sign on to Facebook right after us and ruin everything and give up the lead that we have built up? Uh, probably getting a hit and driving in the only run our damn selves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was gonna say, who's gonna give us run support? <laughs> Absolutely no one. No, no run support out there for the Jacob DeGrom episode. Yeah, just tumbleweeds. I am Allison McCaig. Hello, everyone. And I am joined by my lovely co-hosts, as I always am, Linda Cerovich. Linda, say hi to Facebook. Hey. And Maggie Wigan. Maggie, say hi to Facebook. Hi. So we are here. We're out here live. And it is the second rendition of Apato Live. This week, we are doing Mets Show and Tell. So we each have our favorite trinkets of Mets memorabilia that we have in our households to show you guys this week. So that's very exciting. Oh, and by the way, we are part of the Amazing Avenue audio 
network of podcasts. So if you're not watch, uh, listening to and watching live the rest of the um, Amazing Avenue podcast, you should absolutely be doing so. But in the meantime, we are going to do Met Show and Tell for you guys. Similar to how the cookies went, if you were watching last time, we're going to kind of take it in rounds where we each do one and then we'll have three pieces each and do three rounds of three. So get ready. Here we go. So who, which one of us wants to go first? I guess I can. Do we want to keep it in the cookie order? Yeah, cookie first order. Well last time. Okay. Yeah, cookie order. Let's do it. <laughs> I know. I feel so gin, lost. Gin, by the way. I know it looks like water, but folks, this is gin. <laughs> I feel so lost. This is like water, and I wish it was gin. <laughs> I'm going. I have nothing. Oh yeah. I guess I'm unprepared. I don't know. Like I feel like I would be. Linda. Too mm. Oh, time. Um. Okay. So, I don't know, do, should I do like a big reveal? I don't know. Yeah. Like, drum roll. Vanna White, that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they knit and knit at a baseball game with like a, a Mets, like they broke the record for the most people knitting in one place. And it was really? Vanna White who like set that all up, so. What? That's awesome. I've never yeah, heard of that. Oh, shucks. I'm suddenly um, having second thoughts about my Mets memorabilia, but I don't know, maybe oh. I'll. Maybe I'll split something out of it. <laughs> it's okay. You can break out a surprise one if we have time. We can just. I'll like, put it on Twitter later. I'll put it on Twitter. Okay. All right. We're not going to fault you for helping back. Okay. So, my first one, I actually kind of wrote about this um, for my most memorable game. So, I don't know if anybody read that, but this is my ticket stub from Mets Beanie Baby Day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 1999 I'm kind of cheating a little bit um but because then also here's the meanie baby free beanie baby day that baby you, is gonna make you rich on ebay yes that's why I went because obviously I was a millionaire at 12 years old <laughs> venture capitalist at that market's old. only gonna go up baby only gonna only go up only gonna go up the beanie baby bubble did not burst whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> but so the backstory is behind this why it's you know and also if you google the pictures from this game it is the most holy 90s thing you could possibly imagine like Mike Piazza is holding one of these bad boys Ray or well, it's red <laughs> yes well because my theory my working theory is I've never been proven her name is Valentina and since Bobby Valentine was the manager at the time, I feel like that's how they were tying it in. Because I see that you have the tag protector. Very nice. Yep, Always got to have the tag protector. Very <laughs> important. <gasps> and it came with a little card, but I couldn't find the card. And it said like Mets, Mets versus Diamondbacks. And then it was like sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts or something. But um, so yeah, definitely Google the photos because yeah. Like Carl Alfonso was holding one of these. They're they're amazing. They're amazing. Like they're wearing the black jerseys at Shea Stadium holding Beanie Babies. I don't know how you could get any more 90s than that. But um, is the motto officially pro black jersey? I know this is a topic of great discussion. No. We have consensus on that. I We're feeling, split, I guess. I'm I'm anti. I'm anti. I'm a modest pro. Okay. Because this was the only jersey I've had from that era, and these were like the hot item back then. So you needed 
these are like all you could find basically and this jersey's kind of 20 years old at this point but we're not gonna we're not, we're not gonna go there um but so i chose this as my most memorable game because you know i went to games as a kid with my dad but this was the one game i went to because i wanted to go not just because you know my dad was bringing me to the game um so this was like the first time I got to see like my heroes. Like I went because I wanted to see my guys and Ventura was my guy at, the point, at that point. So, you know, even though it ended up being a 10 to one loss blowout, um, it was Randy Johnson against Masato Yoshi. Like you know, <laughs> I chose it as my most memorable game because I literally remember everything about this game. I could walk you through my day when there's like games I went to like two years ago that I have no recollection of, but it just left such a lasting impression on me because it was the first time I wanted to go and I got to see my heroes for three hours and I got to sit in shade and I got sunburned and, and, you know, I remember just seeing Randy Johnson and even then you knew he was amazing and like, he looked huge even from the mezzanine um, up in Ed Shea. And you remember that if you've been to Shea, if you remember Shea, you were a long way away from home plate out in right field. Oh, yeah. And the, and <laughs> even mezzanine. I wasn't in the upper deck, but you were a long, like, they would swing the bat and you wouldn't hear it until like five seconds later. Like, you were so far away. Um, so, yeah, I remember Pat Mahomes came in to relieve Yoshi after Yoshi was terrible. Um, I remember Roger Cedeno hitting a home run. Um, I remember John Olrude getting hit with a pitch and we booed because there was nothing else going on. And I remember Ricky Henderson stealing a base. Like I remember everything about this game because it just, it left an impression on me. And because, you know, back then I, I begged, begged them to get the baby baby. And um, so, yeah, that's why I chose this. Like I have other stuff. But, you know, it's just, it was the last thing. And I, I'm so happy I kept the ticket stub, which is all yellow because I had it out for so long. $25 in the mezzanine. So, yep, this is my, this is my first one. And, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do with her now, but. I believe Unformidable, our um, podcast compatriot uh, by Rob Wolf, has done a Pat Mahomes episode of unformidable around the time of the um super bowl because pat mahomes jr (laughs) is in the super bowl so he was good i love pat mahomes gotta love pat mahomes yeah so you know like like that 99 team i guess because it was the first team i really remember cheering for they were they were my favorites and even to this day like i think only the 2015 team could really top them for me Jeez, yeah. these jerseys are hot. <laughs> <laughs> need to get the, the modern, you know, cooling. the light lead. How did they collect these like, things? Venting in it. The sweat wicking, venting on the side. God, oh, how did they really in the black in the summer? I was going to say, in the black of the The entire plotline in Seinfeld, was it not? <laughs> the jerseys were so hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um so I guess I am next um my my first thing that I'm showing is the best bobblehead they've ever done uh but it also is like very representative of a season for me and this is the amazing Gary Keith and Ron (laughs) 
triple bobblehead. I they all bobble. I love it. It is like I don't know how good my video is here, but like at the very least, the Gary one is almost um, uncannily. Yeah, Gary's on, good, and the That's others are good. not awful for a bobblehead. I mean, um, Gary kind of has a balloon head where it's like fatter at top and then goes like in. Yeah. Um, so that's, so this is just like, I mean, it's just the best bobblehead, but also like this was from, this was given away in the 2013 season. It was, uh, they have like the social media night. Um, but I was, I can't remember what was going on that night. I, I must've been sick. I, that was the only thing that kept me away from the Mets that whole summer. But, um, a friend of mine, John, who's on Twitter, he, um, he gave his to me just out of like the kindness of his heart because he knew it really mattered. But yeah, this, I will just always associate it with that season because that was the first season that I started writing about the Mets. Um, and I had, I finished grad school and um, well, I was trying to have a baby and it turned out there was a lot of like medical stuff that needed to happen that summer. And so baseball was like the thing that I just did all the time because I didn't want to do anything else like I couldn't go anywhere because you, know, you have to get like doctor's appointments every three days and like it was like baseball was kind of my thing and I you know I, I went to the all-star all the all-star festivities and I rooted for Matt Harvey <laughs> and it was just so like this this bobblehead is just very near and dear to my heart because this is like the 2013 season which was largely a mess, but it was a lovely mess that I got to be a part of in a very, very close way. I mean, I, really, I think I went to 40 games that year. Like, oh, wow. I, like, by far the most I've ever been to. Um, wow. And I would just, like, like go straight from work and, you know, go just – I'd be like, ah, I'll just go tonight. Like, why not? They had the $10 student rush tickets. I still had my grad school ID because I just graduated. And, like, that's – that's what I did all summer long was like play with this bobblehead and go to Mets game. So yes. That's Student tickets are the best. I went to so many cheap Orioles games in grad school. So many. That is the best. Yeah. So many $7 Orioles games. So many. Um, $10 Mets games, but like, that's but fine. let's that's be real for New York. It's pretty yeah. damn good. Yeah. Um, so since Linda started things off with a ticket as hers, I'll start with the ticket that I have. So mine is a lanyard, which is why it's stuck. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so it's a lanyard, but it is the last day at Shea ticket. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like rip it up right then and there. I know, right? So burn it. So yeah. it's like, it's Maybe one of those things. It's one of those things where it's like, holding on to this is such a bittersweet thing. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think that holding on to it is good because even though the game itself was horrendous and something that most of us don't care to remember, um, I had a lot of memories at Shay, you know? And it was like, it was like where I grew up, basically, like falling in love with baseball. And so getting to be there for the very last day was pretty special and getting to be there with my dad and the moment where the moment that will always stick in my head from the last day at Shea was when Tom Seaver threw the very last of the through the first pitch to Mike Piazza um and that was like hugely meaningful for me because it was kind of like my dad's 
childhood hero throwing a pitch to my childhood hero, Mike Piazza, who I am <laughs> repping today with the number retirement T. Um, so yeah, that was that's my first thing, just because it's one of my like even though it's a bittersweet memory, it's still one of my most like memorable games I've been to. For me, like I wrote this when I wrote about my most memorable game. For me, like it's so hard to go from Shay to City because first of all, you know, Shay was the second home. It's where I first fell in love with baseball. But Shay was just this explosion of color. <laughs> the seats were all different colors. The building was blue. There was neon guys going around it. It was it just left such an impression on you as a kid. And then, you know, since I was younger, you know, we always went to day games because, you know, couldn't stay out past bedtime. And then now, you know, as an adult, I go to night games. So to me, like City and Shay are literally night and day. Like yeah. City is dark to me. Like the bricks are dark. The, I mean, when they first opened, the whole wall was black. They had, you know, the olive seats. So it's just, it was so hard to just go from Shay to City for me because they were so different. And Shay had left such, you know, a big impression on me that like it took me a long long time to warm up to city and I'm like I hope kids now feel about city the way I feel about Shay because I don't think that that feeling will ever go away from me like what I wouldn't give to just see one last game at Shay I know right <laughs> um, I think the changes they made to city made it a lot better than yeah. what it was originally um adding the little touches of Mets history around the building, especially made it much more welcoming yep. and made it feel much yeah. more like our home instead of just some generic stadium. I know that the the Jackie Rob- Robinson rotunda is kind of like a controversial topic for some people. I, I actually love really love that rotunda. I think it's beautiful. And I think it every team yeah. should have a Jackie Robinson rotunda or Damn some right. equivalent. Um and the fact that the others don't isn't like the Mets failing for once. It's you know, <laughs> the other teams. Um, so I love the rotunda, and I'm I'm glad it's there, and I'm glad it honors who it honors. Um, I kind of miss the weird dimensions, but I know it's better without them. Yes. <laughs> oh God, Brooke, that ruined David Wright. Like, how do you build something that ruins your star at the time? Ruined him though. His twelve and thirteen were amazing. Like, but that but, wasn't that when they bought the fences in at that point, though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, but, it didn't ruin him, ruin him, like, forever. I know, for me, oh, like, yeah. the thing about the city is that, like, I went to, obviously, a bunch of games at Shea, but, you know, we lived in the burbs. Like, it wasn't always easy to get, like, two kids, you know, loaded yeah. out there at night. It was always, and so, you know, we went to a couple games a year, but, but when I... You know, I graduated in 2006. I moved down to the city right away, and I was pretty close. And so starting, you know, when I was no longer, like, a broke waitress, um, it was really around the time that city opened up. And I had a seven-game plan in 07, a seven-game plan in 08. But, like, I, like, would go to, like, 15 or 20 games every year starting in 2009 and would sometimes go to more. And so I think at this point I've – almost certainly been to more games at city field than I have at Shea. And so, and they happen so early in the life of the stadium. So it really like became the bulk of my Mets experience very quickly. It feels like you're building like a foundation almost like, yeah. Yeah. From like, yeah. From a lot of games at the very beginning of the building. Um, 
Yeah, and obviously, like, your kids experiencing it for the first time in that building um, is part of that foundation, too. Yeah. 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 So I, I, like, like Linda said, I hope that City Field can become that special place for all of us the way it was, the way that Shay was for many of us and many people before us. Um, Yeah, so... Um, and it helps out there's history behind city too yeah. like stuff has happened there like a world series was played yeah. there so a world helps. series was played there. That helps. <laughs> um in case you are just joining us uh this is a pod of their own uh we are the hosts of a pado allison mccake linda Servich, wave had a facebook maggie wiggin wave had a facebook i don't know if i'm actually i'm pointing at where you guys are on my screen but i don't actually know if that's how it is <laughs> Um, but if it isn't, just ignore me. Um, but this is episode 48 of A Pot of Their Own, and we are doing, um, Mets Show and Tell today, where each of us is doing, uh, is showing our listeners our favorite pieces of Mets memorabilia that we have. So now we are starting round two of Mets Show and Tell. So Linda, what's your next piece to show everybody? I kind of saved the save for last, but I think it's a nice transition. Um, this baseball... I don't know if you can see it. It's a, it's a little inaugural patch from City Field there, the little pizza box. <laughs> um, so this was obviously from 2009. Um, and I should say it's not mine. Um, it's my brother's. Um, we were sitting out in right field where you're actually in right field. So you like a home run could hit like underneath the Pepsi. Well, it was it's the Coke corner now. But what what was the Pepsi porch like? Named in honor of the 1986 events. Obviously. <laughs> so we went in July around my sister's birthday, and um, they were playing the Rockies because I have a lot of pictures of Mike Pelfrey warming up in front of us, <laughs> and um, and I started off okay that year. Huh? He started then, off okay, she said. But. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think he pitched bad. Um, but so Jeff Francoeur was the right fielder, and really the Mets had been embarrassed of the lineups they were putting out in their inaugural season. Like this is how you open your stadium, God. Um, Big yikes. Yeah. So yeah. Was definitely. Yeah. So Jeff Francoeur was the right fielder, and um after warming up he turned and went to throw the ball and totally overshot some kids and my brother's six four so he just reached out (laughs) and grabbed the ball and then later on they were doing the t-shirt toss and then my brother catches a t-shirt too and how the other half lives i'm five two i have not caught anything in my entire life <laughs> same it was my sister's boyfriend at the time it's her now husband i'm oh, sorry yeah were they engaged at the time i can't remember but he was sitting next to my brother and he was like i sat next to the wrong guy <laughs> <Because I think laughs> he's, he's average i want to say he's like five ten. so yeah my brother was just like reaching over him and but I just thought this was cool because it does have the little the little inaugural season patch on it. So um, even though it was an awful, awful year, um, it, it was still, you know, kind of a, a historical year. And um, That's the season that I want to write a book about if I'm ever stupid enough to write a book. It's <laughs> like, you've got the like, you got the worst team money can buy. You've mm-hmm. got bad guys won. Like there are lots of great 
and like the 2009 Mets year was was like supremely, incredibly, wildly terrible in so many like inexplicable ways. I feel like there must be a bigger story behind that, but yeah. I'm not gonna write a book. Bad juju going on in was. I mean, it was like, you know, when like, you know, the backups to the backups to the backups were having like these unbelievably horrific injuries. Like that was the year that like Nice tore his, his, quad or hand it must have been his hamstring um, but he like crumpled to the ground yes, yes, oh yes, yeah right. like yes. a heap oh i remember oh, that oh yeah oh what oh gosh i can't even like i can't remember all of the like horrid horrid injuries that was also like luis castillo dropped the ball that year i'm pretty sure you like um mm. that was the the ryan church misses third base game was like that the year he got the concussion too sure was yeah 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 it was just like there's a there's a book in that season but i'm not gonna write it (laughs) someone else could tell that story i was gonna say anybody watching if you want to write that story free idea (laughs) we'll we'll read it we'll have you on the show to discuss it yeah absolutely (laughs) auto podcast guest spot (laughs) but is it me yeah Yeah. i'm all good (laughs) Maggie's next. Um, okay. So, oh, this, so this topic came up with our conversation two weeks ago with Mark Simon. Um, I am a diehard scorebook user and I, um, up until I started attending games with very small children in need of literally constant hands-on supervision, um, I kept score at basically every game I went to as an adult, um, and some as a kid. And I actually, like, this was the year, this was the year I was going to teach Tommy how to keep score. Oh. Next year, I'll do it next year. Damn you, coronavirus, damn you to hell. But so I, I have a bunch of different score books that I feel are, are score pages that, are, that I feel are notable in some way. And I wanted to share a couple of them from one, one book that I have. This is my, is this my, this is mostly 2013. Oh, another 2013. Um, so the first, and this is, I don't know how much this is going to um, come through, but this is a page with 10 innings. And here were the other 10 innings. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Game that I was at. And I kept score of the whole danged game. Champion. Um, so I, oh, I love this. This this score page. I, I almost want to, like, frame it, but then I'd have to tear it out of the book. And that just yeah. seems wrong. Um, so that is like my pride and also my shame. Um, there's one <laughs> other thing in the same book that I wanted to, um, that is, is relevant to one of our amazing Avenue family members, which is, um, I, I've not been per- one to get a lot of autographs cause I just don't travel in the circles where autographs come up a lot, but I always like the hand, the small number of autographs I've gotten. Hey, I, I have tried to like have a page on a scorebook that is like a notable moment for that player's career. And so here is um, Josh Satin autographing his first career home run. Oh, that's nice. so cool. So that's that's awesome. Our, our resident Josh Satin devotee. Um, and when I told him what that page was, I said, can you sign it? It's your first career home run. He goes, oh, wow, that's rad. So, <laughs> that sounds exactly like something you would say. Oh, I, I, love, that. I love it. Oh, that's so that, that is my favorite scorebook. Um, 
of my many. <laughs> the 20 awesome. inning game, I distinctly remember that game and I will always remember it because I was so I was a freshman in college um, in 2013. And <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not 30 yet, folks. This year I turned 30. Uh, don't rub uh, um, it. Yeah, in a few months I'll be 30, but not yet. Um, enjoying the very last bits of my 20s. Um, so 35 so- over here, folks. Let's <laughs> put it all out on the table. 33. A Matt Harvey. A Matt Harvey years. Matt Harvey years. So um, I was a freshman in college in 2013. And um, I remember like watching it because the game was nationally televised. So like I didn't get to watch that many games um, in during my college years because the Mets, I didn't get the Mets station in college. And my parents would not let me buy MLB.TV. They were like, you absolutely can't because you will flunk out of school. They were right. Um, so, yeah, begrudgingly, they were right. Um, so I could only watch the games that the Mets were playing the Phillies because Delaware, I went to University of Delaware, which is uh, Phillies country. We get Philly uh, TV stations and such. So um, I could watch the Phillies Mets games and I could watch all the like Fox ESPN. So this was a, I believe, a Fox game because um, it was a 4 p.m. start. And so no, and it, it was it was a 1 p.m. It was a 1 p.m. start, and it ended up going oh, wow. to, like... I have it in the scorebook. And it ended up <laughs> going to, like... 7.35. That's in the scorebook, too. Oh. Oh, no, you know what? I am mixing up my 20-inning games. That's right. I was not a freshman in college in 2013. I was a first-year grad student in 2013. Okay, that's a little more the, What was the... What was the... Freshman year of college was 2009, oh. and that was that 20-inning game. The Cardinals. Yes, that one. Game. Yes. That's the one I'm thinking of. Folks, I've already had too much gin. It's been not that long since I started <laughs> drinking. I was like, 2013, that sounds recent, but whatever. I remember that 20 inning game. No, it's the wrong 20 inning <laughs> If anybody would like to know more about the 20 inning game, I have all sorts of bits and pieces of. <laughs> Did you know that was the Jose Fernandez start? Really? <laughs> Yes, I do remember that that game as well. That's what I was so psyched about. And they each went six innings and gave up one run. Wow. And then Sean Markham pitched eight shutout innings. Yes, I remember that run. I should probably. Oh no, no, uh, he didn't. No, Markham did give up one run at the eighth inning that he pitched, (laughs) and uh, and that's what lost the game. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I was mixing up my 20 inning games because one of them occurred my first year of grad school and then the other one occurred my first year of college. So I was mixing them up. But my first year of college one was the Cardinals one. But this one was first year of grad school. And I remember watching it in my tiny apartment. At that point, I did have (laughs) MLB.TV. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, I feel like Linda and I are mirroring each other with our choices for memorabilia. So, I, I will I will follow her lead once more. And I also have a baseball. This one does not have a patch on it. It looks like any other baseball. It's rather unremarkable. You can see, I'm trying to like see, you can see it's like scuffed up from like actual in-game usage here. You, I mean, but? you're just going to have to take my word for this because there's no, like, indication that it's anything other than a normal baseball. But this baseball was thrown to me by none other than Lucas Duda, personally. So that's very fun. Um, so the story behind this baseball is that um, this was after Lucas, the year Lucas Duda was traded um, from the Mets to the Rays in that unfortunate fire sale where a bunch of beloved Mets were traded away because the team sucked. Um, for nothing. For, yep. And we got nothing for, for nothing. Um, and Lucas Duda was one <laughs> of job. those Mets. Um, and so the very good first baseman was traded to the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Tampa Bay Rays are in the same division as the Baltimore Orioles, where I was living in Baltimore at the time in grad school. And so I decided on a random, like it might have been, a Saturday but it was like a random day in September the Orioles were not going anywhere um and so the tickets were cheap as they usually were um I decided to go to um a Rays Orioles game so that I could see Lucas Duda because I was like oh, I miss be- Lucas Duda I'm gonna see Lucas Duda play why the heck not um so I got to the stadium real early I made a gigantic sign that said on it, we follow Lucas Duda after the now um, debunked, sadly, Instagram account uh, that, that Curtis best. Granderson had. Amazing. <laughs> the best Instagram account My of all time. Um, and so I made a big sign that said, we follow Lucas Duda. And at, at the bottom in like smaller letters, it said, we miss you in New York. And so I wore my Orioles tank top because I was still rooting for the Orioles that day. No offense, Lucas, but I wore my Mets hat. And so I held the sign. I went to batting practice. I got there really early. I held the sign really, really high. And I screamed when Lucas Duda came up. And he probably looked around like, who the hell is this girl? And then (laughs) after batting practice, he looked at me and he pointed and he smiled in his very, like, coy, like, Lucas Duda way. Like, you could tell he was very shy about getting any attention at all. So he pointed at me and he kind of went, and he threw me this baseball, and I was Aww. like, ah! It's like, a, this is a baseball that Lucas Duda threw to me. Lucas. Trace Orioles. Yep. So that's <laughs> probably, um, so I've actually, fun fact about me, never caught a foul ball at a baseball game. So this is like the only <laughs> game used baseball I like have. Yeah, I haven't either. I have plenty of baseballs in my possession, um, but none of them are game used. So this is the only, I mean, it's batting practice used technically, but this is the only <laughs> game used baseball I have in my possession because I've never caught a Meredith would have a lot to say about that distinction. It's true. Yeah, she would. It's true. So yeah, so this is, this is uh, my pride and joy, Lucas Duda uh, batting practice used baseball. 
Lucas. Lucas. Miss him. Um, so if folks, Facebook, if you're just joining us, this is a pod of their own. Met show and tell. Second live episode of a pod of their own. Episode 48 overall. You should be checking out all of the Amazing Avenue audio suite of shows um, if you aren't. Uh, because they all do fantastic work. We've already shouted Unformidable out on this um, on this pod, but we also have From Complex to Queens and Amazing Avenue Audio, the show. Um, fantastic work on all ends. You should be listening to all of our pods. Um, but in the meantime, we will continue with Mets Show and Tell with our final round of uh, Mets memorabilia that we are showing to you guys. So, Linda, what is your final piece of memorabilia for our listeners? All right. I hope I don't let let you down. Okay, so it is Mike Piazza's book, and it is autographed. Yeah, Mike Piazza. <laughs> Mike Piazza. Well, because yeah, he was doing a book signing um, in Barnes and Noble in the city. Um, so I think we all took a day off of work and um, decided we had to go go see Mike Piazza and go get an autographed book. And we got there pretty early. And the line, I kid you not, was like in the store, down the steps, like out the <laughs> store, down the block, around. Like it got to the point where a cop drove by and said, who's doing a signing today? <laughs> and, um, Amazing. And you say Mike Piazza, he goes, oh, okay. Yeah, like, yeah. he was like, that oh, <laughs> makes sense, sure. Um, so... So we waited a long time. I give my credit. Like he was, you know, there a long time, just signing book after book, and um, you the know, strongest his arm has ever been. Probably. Sorry, <laughs> and, it's a nag on my piazza. <laughs> I remember just being like so nervous too. I'm like, you know, it's my my freaking piazza. And, you know, I'm like, what if I burst into tears or, you know, um, like it was just, it was just no dapping. Yeah. Like your heart starts going. Like he was like one of the first, like he met heroes I've ever like actually could like see face to face. And, um, I was like, do I shake his hand? Like, will you allow a shake? Like, it's like the whole Seinfeld. Like, do you go in for the shake? <laughs> no, but he couldn't have been nicer like you know I was like you know thank you for everything you've done and he was like oh it's so nice that you say that and he like he would speak to you it wasn't just like sign and get the hell out like you he would look you in the eye and he would talk to you and you know they've been showing like they showed the Grand Slam single the other day they showed the the 10 run eighth inning against the Braves the other day so I've been watching those and I just I don't feel like I appreciated Piazza enough. I feel like I kind of took him for granted. It's like when Bob Costas says, you know, this is arguably the greatest hitting catcher of all time and absolutely mean it when Piazza is coming up to bat. Like that means something. And I don't think I just, I don't think I, I appreciated it enough as a kid. I just knew he was good and I knew, you know, he was fun to watch. And I think it was also different now too, because he was the catcher. So he was in every frame. He was always there. And like, you know, David Wright was good, but you know, he might not see action at third base all game. So like Piazza was just, it was just cool seeing him, you know, like even when they were on defense, he was there. Um, so 
so this is like, so that's why I broke out my old, you know, it's a Ventura jersey, but I've just been feeling nostalgic watching those old teams. And I'm, and I'm like, uh, you know, even watching, like, I just, I miss watching him play. Well, I miss watching him come through and, you know, his home run, oh, the 10 run inning too, his reaction. I'm like, usually he was so calm. And to see him actually like <laughs> do a fist pump, like that was big. Yeah, yeah. And, he was not a fist pumper by nature. No. Not at all. Such so, an even-keeled guy, generally. No. So to just get a reaction out of him was, like, really cool. Like, you knew that was a big moment. My brother, of course, was there, which I'm so annoyed about to this day. And he's like, yeah, Shea Stadium totally shook. And I'm like, I wish I could have experienced that just one Shea Stadium shaking. I feel like I missed – that's a missed opportunity. But so, I, you know – Taking this time, you know, I miss the Mets, but at least it's given me a new appreciation for my past Mets and, you know, and for our greatest hitting catcher of all time, arguably, I guess. But so, and he was very nice in person because if he wasn't, it would have broken my heart. But I can, I can say he was very nice. And I do have a picture of him signing too. So, so that was, so it was well worth waiting in the cold for like hours just to get like two seconds with him, but totally worth it. No argument for me on the greatest hitting catcher front. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, we're a little biased, but I think I, I would say yes. I, um, so I guess I'm also paying homage to a Met of the past, um, and Jesus, sorry. Whoa. Thank you. Oh, no. My cat, just, um, my cat just knocked over. <laughs> wow. Live TV, folks. This is what happens when you go live, everyone. Live camera mishaps. Live cat wow. appearances. And through you, cat. That was rude. But <laughs> I can't believe I feed this guy. Um, so this. I walked out of my house on the morning of June 2nd, 2012 at like, I woke up still high from the victory the night before with the first no hitter. And I went to the bodega and I bought the newspaper. Nice. Nice. I bought all of the newspapers. And I can't remember, like, where I got the idea that, like, when something big happens, you're supposed to buy the newspaper. Yeah. So that you always have that newspaper. But I somehow had this idea. So, I mean, I woke, you know, I, it, was a, it was a younger time where I would not necessarily be awakened at, like, 6 in the morning. But I was just so amped, even though I'd been up since, like, till, like, 2 the night before. Um, I woke up. I was like, well, I'm awake now. Mets have no hitter. Oh, my goodness. What should I do? And I, I was like. I guess I should go buy the newspaper. And I like walked to the bodega and I very excitedly explained to the guy working there what I was doing. And he just could not have been less interested in any <laughs> statement that any human has made in the history of the world. Um, On brand for a bodega guy. But you know, yeah, no, it's very, it felt very like true to form. Um, but, but I got my, I got my no hand. And this, this, I did like this one where it just says yes. <laughs> like that's sort of like, yes. no effort. Sums it up. Yes. And yeah, it was just a good. Uh, yeah, and I, I just this is this was a fun one too. It showed like the the progression. Oh. Of 
there was some there was some really good coverage of that but yeah so it's you know and I have a couple other I have like the newspapers from when they went from they clinched the NLCS and went to the World Series um they ever do anything good again <laughs> we ever have baseball, baseball if baseball happens again I will happily buy more newspapers I I don't I think this is like the only like physical newspapers I've purchased <laughs> in like in like a decade but uh i'm pretty yeah, sure so, i have the newspapers from piazza's home run after september 11th i, I was gonna say i had one i definitely had one so this room behind you is my childhood bedroom because i'm living at home this year and it used to be like because my pa- so my parents redid my childhood bedroom <laughs> this, this ass kitty. Kitty. Yes. um my parents oh, redid my childhood bedroom and my brother's childhood bedroom since we both moved out when I was in grad school and my brother was in college slash his job. Um, they redid the rooms to be like more, less like childhood bedrooms and more like guest rooms, you know, you know, to take the like childhood part out of it. So this room is the, the walls are the same color, but they used to be like covered in posters and shit. And so one of the things that used to be on the wall was the Mike Piazza newspaper, the newspaper after the Mike Piazza 9-11 home run. But you know, I, I think I had it hanging up in my bedroom too because I, I remember the frosted tips. Now, he had his helmet off and the frosted tips. Oh, those frosted tips. tips. I do not I know where it is now. Every day. Yeah, I don't know where mine is either. We I was going to show it for this. I was looking for it, and I don't know where it is. Parents staring downstairs in their general direction. Ew. I they they either got rid of it or like I don't know what happened to it, but I couldn't find it. So I do have that, and I had less less exciting, but I did have um also the newspaper from um Tom Glavin's three hundredth win. So I also have that. I mean, that's historic, kind of. Yeah, he's it's historic. I know that he's not, like, a beloved Met <laughs> by any stretch no. of the imagination because of certain <laughs> events that occurred, but I still thought it was newspaper clipping. Orders. We were at his game the day after, or not the day, um, his start after he got the 300th win and where they, like, honored him on the field. So that's, like, my most vivid memory of Tom Clavin is the day or the game after he won it. But I also had um, I had like a big I think it must have been from a newspaper or like a magazine, but it was one of those like inset things that like folds out and into like a poster sized thing. And it was like a poster of like all the greatest moments in Mets history up until that point. But the poster is from like 2005. So like it's it's, you know, pre 2005, all the best moments, like including the like 69 World Series, I guess by Buckner, like all the stuff in Mets history and like the very last last like section of the poster i can't remember it was like the top 10 number 10 was like the future and it had pictures of like brand new baby-faced fresh david wright and jose reyes on it so that was pretty cool Aww. so at the time it was the future so it was, it was funny to think about. So that's another thing i had on my wall as well as uh, a photo of the entire 2005 mets roster now that's remembering some guys let wow me just tell you. well that's that's the only time like Mike Piazza and David Wright were together, or nope. was it before they called David Wright up? Yeah, I can't remember. Cause that would be cool to have then. I if think they were it together. might be. I can't 
can't it's David Wright was David Wright in that picture I can't remember I can't go look at it because it's gone now um but uh <laughs> but yeah it was it was it, you know when they have the teen photo days in spring training and they take the picture of the entire roster so it was it was that photo but yeah anyway so Linda and I are once again mirroring and I have um an autograph as my final um piece <laughs> so I kind of have like it's kind of like Maggie with her scorebooks. Like, I have two separate things that are related, um, that are part of the same sort of set of things. Um, and they're both Tom Seaver related. Um, and they're both, they were both, like, presents for my dad um, for his birthday uh, or Father's Day. So, um, one year for, I believe this one was Father's Day, um, we put my dad in the car. We didn't tell him we were, where we were going. We were just like, this is a gift we're taking you somewhere and we're not telling you where. And it turned out to be a Tom Seaver autograph session. So oh, wow. This is, this is a photo of Tom Seaver that we got autographed at the autograph session. Um, for And my dad had no idea that's where we were going. We, like, Aww. hid this from him, um, This the picture that was at that time unsigned. Um, and we took him to a random, like, sporting goods store in Westfield, which is, like, three towns over from me. It does, that, all of these things always are. Yeah, yeah, so random. And it does not exist anymore, that store. I know that for a fact. It is gone now. <laughs> but the photo remains. Um, and I was, I was, I must have been... I'm trying to remember how old I was because I don't remember what year this was exactly but I was probably like late middle school early high school age so like 14 or 15 um and I just remember being like totally starstruck by Tom Seaver like I was like do I call him Mr. Seaver what do I do I was just like hi I must have sounded like him anything child (laughs) I must have sounded like a complete freaking doofus but it was still really cool and my dad was really happy that we got this um so yeah he has this framed and this is in our house so that was that um and then another year for my dad's um 50th birthday so 10 years ago now um we went to um Cooperstown to the baseball hall of fame and he took a picture of the Tom Seaver display in cooperstown and then got it framed so that's also framed in our house so yep two tom seaver pieces courtesy of my dad um that i was present for both of them gifts for my dad for his birthday and father's day because tom seaver has always been very special met for him just like my piazza is for me so those are our tom seaver um memorabilia so that's what i have for my final piece so that's really it really is hard meeting like Mets royalty like I just feel like I'm such like you get so starstruck like what do I say what do I do I was like oh my god like because you know it's it's when you're when you see because I met obviously like when we got that autograph it was like many years after Tom Seaver was a player um and so like he doesn't look like he's like a legend yeah it doesn't look exactly how he looks in the pictures but like obviously I'd seen him in the booth and like all that so I was like yeah that's him that's actually him in the flesh right in front of my face <laughs> so it's pretty crazy you know, like they're like they're actual people not just people you see on tv all the time right exactly exactly <laughs> actual human beings and uh yeah it's just and now like looking back now that like Seaver has his diagnosis and everything like that it's been really emotional and hard like I'm glad that my family had that moment with him um and then my dad got to meet him in real life it was pretty cool yeah so yeah. 
That is cool stuff. So those are our Mets memorabilia. I hope show us yours. Yeah. Yeah. Tweet at us. Tweet us yours. Actually, as like a bonus, I'm not going to like go over and show all my individual bobbleheads. But if I duck out of the frame, all my bobbleheads are on that shelf behind me. You can kind of see them. So that's my entire bobblehead collection on that shelf back there. (laughs) Oh, I have a lot more ticket stubs too. I keep them in a book. So I think like other than my Beanie Baby one, the other one that I really like, I wrote about this too, is um, it was a month after they called David Wright up in 2004. So I feel like that, I kind, that one kind of is special to me because at the time I was like, who's this guy? And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like me and Allison said, I was kind of annoyed he was displacing Ty Wigginson. <laughs> Naive as we were. Naive as we were. <laughs> So, so it's like looking back on it, that one kind of is kind of special to me too. Um, but then there's others. I'm like, I don't remember this game at all. Why is it saying I was there? I don't remember this. Like there I was have a giant pile of them and I have to figure out because I think a lot of them I just sort of stuffed in there and I'm sure most of them are garbage and I should probably <laughs> leave. But then I, how would I know though? I'd have to sit down and cross-reference every game yeah, with the box score and be like, yeah. what happened? Did something important happen this game? I mean, maybe if I'm like quarantined for months during a global pandemic, I would have that. Yeah, maybe yeah. That, that sounds like a quarantine activity. <laughs> but like, I don't know, I miss, I miss having the stubs. Well, aren't they completely doing away with all yeah. of those tickets now? Yeah, I, I think, think so. so. I and think like, they want you to use either the app or the printed home. Yeah. But the only reason I still get them is because my brother his he works for a healthcare company and then one of the doctors is a season ticket holder and he still gets the book of tickets oh yeah so so my brother buys them off of him so i still have ticket stubs from like last year because he still got them but i don't like you said i don't know how much longer that's gonna be yeah i think maybe they were gonna get rid of them for this year because i remember there being some maybe it was the yankees but i remember there being some hubbub about not doing any of the classic ticket stubs anymore. Like it was all printout, yeah. or not, not even printout. I mean, they just want to take it off their phone now. They don't want yeah, like mobile paper tickets. Look, yeah. I still have my original Titanic movie stub, and then I have the movie stub from when it got re-released. So I both. <laughs> um, I don't know if I have all seven of my Titanic ticket stubs, but that sounds like something I would have done. <laughs> Oh I went New Year's Day 1998 for $5 to go see Titanic. <laughs> yeah. So- I went not the day it opened. I was very, very angry at my parents for not taking me the day it opened. I went the day after it opened. Like a sucker. Mm. <laughs> oh, I went because my birthday's January 4th. And, you know, for my birthday, my parents always took me to a movie. So that was the one I wanted to go see for my birthday. So there you go. Yeah, there were um, a bunch of things, including a 1973 World Series ticket stub that my dad has that were like honor, almost honorable mentions for this show and tell that I decided not to show. My parents and I actually had a really good time like going in down in the basement and like digging through like all their Mets stuff they have because they have like a shit ton of cool stuff that maybe if we do like a... I don't even know, like a VIP bonus content at some point for our non-existent Patreon subscribers. (laughs) Subscribe to our non-existent Patreon and maybe at the $5 a month 
level, you can. Um, I can show you all of the other things that did not make the cut for this. I figured it was cheating to show, even though these things are like really cool, like autographed baseballs from like Mookie Wilson and like really oh. cool stuff that my parents have. I figured it was cheating to not to include things that I was not involved in in any way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say if if listeners and viewers enjoy this, um, I could come up with three more items. Yeah, we have There's not a lot of baseball content out there, folks. If you want a part two of show and tell, we can give you If you, you want more show and tell, please tweet at us because, like, yeah. I'm a hoarder. I have tons of stuff. Like, I can or go through my entire model collection. Yeah. <laughs> my entire And now the cat just knocked over my entire leg on the floor. <laughs> the cat is fired. Primo content. Primo content. For Maggie's cat. Um, what's the kitty's name? Chibi. Japanese for tiny, and it doesn't encompass how much of a jerk he is. <laughs> <laughs> if he was nice at other times, I wouldn't be so mad at <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, if you like this, let us know. Also, please like show us your favorite Mets stuff. We want to see pictures of all your stuff. We want to see it tweet at us yeah there's gotta be cool stuff out there. yeah i bet you guys have really cool stuff especially so this is for this is directed at a very niche part of our audience the the venn diagram between for all you kids out there and us so like if you have like an omir santos lightning shirt or something weird like that a gay a gabriel you know a cold swallow shirt i want to see that stuff too really weird stuff show it to me i want to see all of it um or like weird jerseys like yeah like said. weird jerseys your weirdest jersey like the guy that you want us to remember online show I us want, the jersey i once saw a rod barajas jersey amazing i was like you know what i respect that that is content i want that is content i want show me your rod I barajas saw, jerseys. oh gosh who was it now i'm totally blanking out i don't think it was it wasn't sean gilmartin but it was Sean Gilmartin adjacent. Sean Gilmartin's wife's the press secretary now. He's very famous. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure. I mean, I'm, now I'm suddenly wondering if it was him. But it was, I saw someone wearing a um, a camo, like the cam. It must have been Memorial oh, yeah. Day, like a full camo Sean Gilmartin jer- like <laughs> authentic camo. jersey. What? And I was like, like, that is one way to spend three hundred dollars yeah somebody spent money on that like that is wild i think i'm gonna go crazy i have to like dig back into my old like photo archives because of course i took a picture of it um and see if i can figure out who it was because man that was that was something else I think I might have told this story on the podcast before, but I haven't told it to our live audience, I think. So like my favorite jersey I've ever seen in person, it was, and I, I've seen it multiple times because it was a guy, it was back when we used to have the like, we never had like season tickets or even like half season, but we had like the 12 game pack or whatever when I was in high school. Um, So we sat in the same section for like a bunch of games um, in the aughts. And so I remember another guy who must have the same pack as us or season tickets or something in our section. You get to know your section. Exactly. Had your section mates. A custom authentic jersey. And on the back, it just said stings for Lasting's Millage. Oh, (laughs) Instead of Millage, millage, it just said stings. And it was my favorite thing. So we always used to yell at him and be like, hey, stings, down in front, sit down. (laughs) 
Oh, it was great. It's great. <laughs> so yeah, that one's my favorite. But yeah, all your weird stuff, your autograph stuff, your really cool ticket stubs, your newspapers, your scorecards. Your favorite scorecard. Yeah, scorecards. We want to see all of it. So tweet it all at us. Um, but yeah, by the way, if you're just joining us, this is a pod of their own. This is episode 48 of a pod of their own live, second live episode. We have done Mets show and tell this week where each of us showed you all of our favorite Mets memorabilia. If you missed it, you should go back and watch it. But we will now close the show like we always do with walk-off wins where each of us talks about what is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise. Linda Surovich, what is your walk-off win for this week? Uh, my walk-off win is I am, well, not officially, but it's mostly official. Um, I am now the proud owner of my own co-op. <laughs> I bought my own place. So grown up. I'm going to have a mortgage. Like, yeah. Doing adult stuff. I know, like, what? But I have stuff. two kids, and I still think, like, whoa. Home ownership seems like a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's a process I don't recommend in the best of times. And then this was not the best of times. Yeah. <laughs> so the process was a nightmare. Um, having to get stuff notarized during a pandemic is a nightmare. Um, nobody being in an office is a nightmare. <laughs> um, <laughs> so everybody working from home is a nightmare. Um, but the mortgage rates are really low right now. <laughs> I bet they are. <laughs> so I got it at a good time, maybe. Um, but I'm like, well, now that like, because then I had to go and I had an interview with the co-op board in a Zoom meeting. Um, and the woman I interviewed with was fabulous. She was like making me laugh. And um, she said, I can't throw any like librarian raves. So I was like, oh, darn. <laughs> So there goes my plan. But like, really, I'm a librarian. How much trouble could I get into? Um, um, I know a couple of librarians who we can get a little while. Set a high bar on that. <laughs> so um, I still don't have an official closing date because, of course, there's multiple things popping up that you still need to do, and I'm trying not to freak out about all the money that's going into it. And you know, you need like the second half of the down payment, and then I gotta buy furniture. So I'm trying not to have like, you know, freak out too too much about that. But um, and but I am like I have a little patio that I'm excited about. So I'm like when it's warm, I can be out on my patio, and I wish the Mets were playing because that would be perfect. And um, but so yeah, I. I guess I'm an adult now. It's <laughs> a pretty big adult step. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, I just kind of, you know, I had been saving for a while. And I was like, you know, if I'm not going to spend my money on this, what will I ever spend it on? So this is something it feels like good that I'm kind of investing in and doing finally. So I will be podcasting from a new location <laughs> in maybe next month <laughs> from a secret location next month. So maybe yeah, my background will be different if we ever do another another live one. So I'm just hoping my cat, I know I'm a crazy cat lady. I hope I hope my Jakey is okay with the move because I am kind of worried about that. But other than that, I'm excited and you know, I just want it done, but you know, we're moving in the right direction. That's super exciting. I will also be moving this summer. Um, 
pro- uh, to Washington DC everyone so um I'm also going to be moving um I'm not buying a house because I don't have enough money yet although this year living at home was in theory socking away money for a down payment when I eventually do decide I want to buy something so I do have that socked away that I hopefully won't have to dip into because of pandemic related nonsense um but yeah I just got to get my job situation sorted and we're hopefully on the way towards that uh but yeah i will also be podcasting from a new location starting in sometime in august probably so (laughs) things are happening um uh so maggie what is your walk-off win for this week um i thought and i don't know if this is going to translate but i thought i would also do a show and tell walk-off win yes Um, and that is that the kids and i did a butterfly garden. Oh, I love those. And I'm trying to like, I'm trying to get as much of the actual butterflies and less. Oh, of I the see one. Like, yeah, there, there they are. There they are. So, um, and it was, it was amazing. It was super fun, and I definitely like. I will say, like, moving the the chrysalises from, you know, they start off in this little like. T- like tub of caterpillars moving them into the butterfly garden was like the most terrifying thing because you're like they're held on by like thread and you can't and you're like how are they not just falling immediately but um they didn't fall and all of five of them emerged um and we actually got to watch one of them in the process oh that's so cool that is cool which is amazing you know we we went over we're like oh look there's two now and I was like oh And it's like, I don't know, I think the, the whole shebang comes to like 25 bucks once you get the caterpillars too. And it's just really fun. And like the kids loved it, but also we grownups loved it. So I would say like, this might be one of those things that feels weird to like buy a kid's butterfly garden kit if you don't have kids, but you should do it anyway, because it's awesome. And we're going to have like a little a little going away party for them uh-huh. and some in the park on Friday. That's awesome. That is yeah, awesome. So that was my, I'm, I'm really just going to show them off again. That's so cool. <laughs> That's okay. Here we go. Five, all five of our caterpillars are now beautiful butterflies. They're hiding all of their beautiful colors right now. They are painted lady butterflies. So oh, they're very nice. orange. Um, but yeah. Yeah, as a- I kind of have an awful story. So oh, no. I, don't, I don't know if I should tell. Um, well, you have to now because you started with that. <laughs> on one hand, you opened with that, and on the other <laughs> hand, this is walk off wins. It's supposed to be happy. Uh, it's kind of funny, but it's also kind of awful. It's just before my I was the I, I think it was before my time, but um, we did they did that as a project at the library. Like you know, they had them in the children's room and you know everything. And they had, you know, the, they were in the chrysalises and then they said you have to clean them. So one of the older librarians like cleaned everything. She like took out the chrysalises and everything. And the children's librarian at the time was on vacation because she was the one that had been taking care of them. So the other librarian didn't know and just like cleaned everything. So then they're like, what are we going to tell the librarian when she comes back from vacation? Like she's going to be really upset. So, they went back. to a farm upstate, you That's see. That's what they said. Oh, we released them. It was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was, I wasn't 
hoping <laughs> that one of them wouldn't make it. But I thought if one did, that would be a really nice, like, low-level intro to Death for the Kid. It would yeah. just be like, like an entry-level sort of, this is what it is. Um, but that didn't happen, and that's for the best, and like, they'll <laughs> learn eventually. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> there are like lots of um, humorous tales of, um, you know, uh, what's negligent homicide. Of yeah, <laughs> butterflies <laughs> didn't butterfly. make it. I'm sorry, ours didn't make it. <laughs> Oh no, that's deeply unfortunate. But yeah, we have the butterfly garden like outside too, and that's where they were gonna put them because we do get butterflies. So they're going out there, out there, they're fine. Yeah, look at them. Those are same guys, totally the same. Mm -hmm. Yep, definitely same ones. I recognize that one. That's Larry. I see him for sure. Absolutely, (laughs) that's Larry. Can't mistake it. Cannot identify these. We have five of them, and they are enclosed in a cage. And I could not tell you which was which. I tried really hard. I was like, I'm going to remember that one. And there's some way to to differentiate the males from the females, and I can't remember what it is. It's like look on between their legs. No, it's something else. (laughs) I know how to do it in fruit flies. I don't know about butterflies. No, it's something on them. It's Um, never going to come to me. But yeah, as a biologist, like, butterflies are always, like, the example I give to, like, younger kids of, like, this is nature. This is biology. This is, like, really cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Science is awesome. Like, look at this animal that can completely transform itself. And it's, like, a really cool intro to, like, the amazing, like, for a little bit older kids to the amazingness of genetics, too, because it's, like, this, this caterpillar and this butterfly have the same exact set of genes it is the same organism it is just turning on different parts of its genes at different times in its life cycle and it can transform itself completely into almost an entirely different animal isn't that you have to hear my three-year-old say the word metamorphosis because it's really (laughs) it's really something it's like it's like nemo trying to say an enemy well don't hurt yourself kid don't hurt yourself um so i guess i can i hadn't thought about this until maggie said that her her walk-off win was show and tell i guess i can show my walk-off win too i hadn't planned on it but i can it's right over here um so why didn't you show us your house my god i know know, obviously (laughs) jeez why didn't you take us on a virtual (laughs) come on um so my walk-off win for this week is that my college friends and I, you know, in the absence of, like, being able to hang out together and, like, have parties and do stuff and, you know, have game nights and whatever, um, we decided to start a friend's book club. So we Ooh. have formed... <laughs> Linda's very excited about okay, that. Okay, so it's up my alley! Yay! <laughs> um, so we, um, we formed, like, a group chat on WhatsApp um, and are doing, like, and are going to start doing Zoom calls uh, for our book club every, like, couple weeks or month. We haven't decided the duration yet, but we have decided our first book. So that's the show portion. And it's going to be Valentine by Elizabeth Wetmore. So that is our first book. It was a book of the month club book, which is why it has this little insignia. Oh. My parents actually, I got my, I, this ended up uh, being a gift that paid me back inadvertently because my, I got my parents like a six month subscription to book of the month club for Christmas this year. Um, and this was one of the books they picked one of the months. I think it was like two months ago. Um, this was one of the choices and they picked it and I was like, oh wait, 
I already have a copy of that. Cool. Um, so, yeah, so this is going to be our first book, um, and I'm really excited to do Friends Book Club. So that's my walk-off word for this week. Friends Book Club. So, yeah, that does it for the show this week. We're really happy um, you guys could join us for Mets Show and Tell. So thank you, everyone, who joined us on Facebook and left us really nice comments um, and followed along. Um, for those of you who either couldn't join live or don't have Facebook or don't know how Facebook works or only like to listen to podcasts while you drive or something like that, um, although you shouldn't be driving don't places right Don't watch the video now. while you no, drive. Don't do no. that. Absolutely don't do that. And don't Pull drive over. anywhere you shouldn't be driving to safe space and watch it now yes absolutely <laughs> um but this will also be available in your regular podcasting formats tomorrow morning like it always is although full disclosure i'm a complete doofus and started recording it too late so there's a little bit that's gonna be cut off at the beginning i'll put a disclosure in it's fine <laughs> i'm the worst i started drinking gin too soon as we all know um but it's not that much of the show that's cut off it's only the very very beginning it's not part. starting too soon that's the problem it's finishing too late exactly boom <laughs> i like the way you think maggie wiggin um so yeah so that's the show for this week um it'll be available in a podcast form tomorrow like it always is um in the meantime you can go to amazingavenue.com read all of our fantastic content we have a series right now where everybody's writing about the most memorable game they ever went to so linda contributed to that as she mentioned in the pod um i think i'll write that up at some point that's been a thing i've been meaning to do and haven't gotten around to um we'll be doing another round of recommendations so we did a recommendation series where we recommended our favorite tv shows books podcasts etc etc um we're going to be doing another round of that for you guys so we have tons of content still even though there's no baseball over at amazingavenue.com so go check that out. You should uh, follow Amazing Avenue on all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You should also be listening to all of our other um, sister and brother podcasts on the Amazing Avenue Audio Network. Um, you can also follow the show on Twitter at a pod of their own. Tweet us all your memorabilia and weird stuff that you have. Um, you can follow Let's each- be clear about weird stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Next related. Baseball. Weird baseball stuff. Don't be sliding into our DMs with, like, I don't even want to know. Weird baseball stuff. <laughs> Weird jerseys only. Um, so, yeah, you should follow us on Twitter at a pot of their own. You can follow each of us individually on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Cerovich. And you, Maggie? No weird stuff. <laughs> no weird stuff. At Maggie162. Except baby met. Some Except baby met. Weird baby met. Weird baby met shit. You can send to Linda. (laughs) (laughs) At Linda Servich, send her baby met stuff. Um, (laughs) So yeah, follow each of us on Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter. Um, The original intro and outro to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcasting. Bye, folks. See you next time. I'm going to end the live now somehow. I forget how to do it. So we're still live, even though I don't know how to do it. We're still live. I'm going to stop live streaming. That's how you do it. (laughs) Bye, (laughs) baby.